0: another show of Flyway Connections. Like always, my name is Chris. I'm here with my buddy Joe. Joe?
1: Hey, how you guys doing this evening? So today, our special guest we have on the show is Felicia Marie of Women of the Wild Outdoors. Hey, how you doing today, Felicia? I'm doing well. How are you?
2: Thanks
1: for having me. Oh, not too bad. Thank you for being on the show. So for me, always, the first topic before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, hey, how was your waterfowl season this year?
2: Uh, actually, this season was really great. Uh, traveled all over the place, did a lot here in Michigan. Um, started it off with uh, our early goose and laid a, quite a few down. Um, also traveled out to Oklahoma for a sand hill crane and then came back to Michigan and finished it off with our split and then a uh, late goose.
0: Nice. So I was actually, so uh, the listeners who just getting to know you um, and our new listeners, I was actually looking at, and if y'all look up on her social media, uh Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, um, it's kind of intimidating. She exactly what she is, a woman of the wild. Uh you bow hunt, uh you fish, you hunt big game, small game, waterfowl, pheasant. I mean, you're just a jack of all trades when it comes to outdoors. Now, here's one thing. I know we're a waterfowl uh podcast, but we do, I mean, me and Joe, Joe's was a big pheasant hunter for a long time um he's a dove hunter uh and then i did big game for a long time too so we're not just waterfowlers but waterfowl is something that we we've all um kind of catered to and kind of gravitated to just because of the waterfowl therapy that we've talked about now as far as all these different um honey outdoors activities do you have a specific one that you typically cater to or kind of lean towards or is there something that just reminds you of the I don't know, the young days or something
2: like that? Um, My, my go-to, like my favorite is honestly turkey hunting. It's the challenge. Nice. So um, my entire year revolves around my turkey season. Like this year I have six tags and five stakes. I actually leave Tuesday for Texas. So. um, Oh,
0: nice. My state. Is it? (laughs) Yeah, I'll be, I'm in North Texas. Where are you hunting at?
2: Uh, We're going to Barksdale. Parkstead? Yep.
0: Okay. Uh yeah, what was that south, Southwest?
2: Yes. Yeah, we're yeah. it's a, a women's group called Untamed and uh we're teaming up. I think there's six females going. We're doing ram, hog and turkey. So we'll be there. Oh, for, nice. Yeah, I'll be there for about 5-6 days hunting all three, the big big slam of them all.
0: You got to do that uh Texas uh Black Hawk uh, mini gun hog hunt. Have you Is seen that, that yet? huh
2: is that of the
0: helicopter yeah
2: yeah we were just talking about that
0: <laughs> yeah that's like a that's like the biggest thing we've actually had a couple of people on the show that talked about it and, um i personally haven't done it but just assuming uh just taking out hogs with a minigun is uh somewhat thrilling a little bit for some people but um so i guess before we get kind of get into it let's uh let's kind of get to know you kind of get to know uh organizations you're affiliated affiliated with how you started uh kind of give us a background of uh, your child childhood and in getting into the outdoors uh, who got you into it and uh what kind of what kind of drove you to pursue going towards uh going towards hunting and bringing more women out to the outdoors because i think that's amazing uh before you you uh, never mind i'll let you go ahead and do your spiel and i'll let you know I'll, i had a side kind of conversation about it but go ahead
2: Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll just start from the beginning. Um, I grew up on the Great Lakes. I started out fishing from the time I could hold a pole in my hand. Um, didn't really have the opportunity to hunt. Um, my dad hunted when, you know, before I was born, but he had three girls. So it was always just, he would involve us where he could and fishing was always his, but he kind of fell out of hunting when he had three girls. And as I, as I got older, I turned out to be the son he never had. And one day I just was like, I I saw, you know, Fred bear on TV and I was like, I want to do that. I want to shoot a bow. And I didn't actually get into hunting until I was in my teenage years. And it was something that I just pursued on my own. Uh, My parents were super supportive of me wanting to do it. And um, I kind of picked the brains of anyone and everyone that I could. It was a lot of times it was my buddy's dad's through high school And they would take me out, I learned what to do what not to do. Um, But a lot of times, I mean, I was probably 17, when I first started hunting, and everything's been pretty much solo hunts. Um, I've gone out with friends and stuff like that to get more involved. But for the most part, any hunting that I've done has been solo. Um, And I started with small game, I started with squirrels and rabbits, progressively, you know, it grew into whitetail. And then From there, it just kept exploding and I kept getting more and more involved. Um, It's just been a heck of a ride. And um, so two years ago, I I decided I was kind of sick of like the solo hunting or always being like the only female out there. So Uh I said, there's gotta be, there's gotta be other women out there like me. There has to be. And I use social media as that platform and I never was one to like, post photos of my harvest. I was never one to like be super active on social media. Like I didn't even have an Instagram till last year. Didn't have TikTok. I didn't even know what it was. And (laughs) I started getting involved with more organizations with how much I am in the outdoors. And they kind of pushed me. Um, One of the first was actually an organization called South Slope. And they're about getting veterans, ill youth and women in the outdoors. And I uh, paired up with them and I became an ambassador for them. And they just kept pushing me like, you need to do more. You need to do more. And then that would have been in March of last year. And by June, I had started Women of the Wild. And Women of the Wild is an organization with a mission to get more women properly educated and provide opportunities in the outdoors. Um, So we we sell merchandise. We have a lot of really funny t-shirts. I know the viewers can't see me, but like we have this one, it's uh, a duck call. <laughs> says, um, but we saw a lot of like the funny um, pun intended shirts, um, and then all of those proceeds go towards the educational courses, which we try to do at little to no cost to these women. Um, but getting women in the outdoors is so important because, like I know here in Michigan, our conservation tags, like our hunting tags, have plummeted. And the, the more people we get involved, the better it's going to be for our conservation. Well, usually when you get the a female involved, they're going to bring their kids. So you're getting like, it's kind of like a two for deal. You. You're getting more youth involved too. Cause you know, I'm not against like that, but a lot of times when men go out, it's kind of their thing. And I know plenty of guys that get youth out, but it seems like the more women get involved, the more youth keep getting involved. Like it becomes the whole family. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's been like our main target is you know mom you know women getting out there and like the mommy hunts to get their kids out there with them, and um, you know from there I teamed up with Untamed Outdoors who has a mission in veterans, women, and youth. Um, teamed up with her wildlife. Uh, her wildlife is an organization for getting female veterans, healthcare workers, first responders, and law enforcement in the outdoors. Uh, we provide hunting and fishing trips for them, um, kind of for like that mental reset that these people have gone through things that like are unimaginable. So to be able to provide opportunities to them and have that camaraderie built, um, it's just, it's really something special, like getting out there. We just went, we took a bunch of women out to Wisconsin on a pheasant hunt and it Mm -hmm. was just, it's one of the most memorable hunts that I think I've been on. It's just, you get that camaraderie going and it's unlike anything else. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, that my, my hunting just kind of, it was something I was just devoted to doing and I just did it. I don't even know how to explain it.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, I think that's amazing. So what I was going to say is, um, so we actually had a, I don't know if you heard the show. We actually had a couple of, uh, couple of girls, good friends of ours, Chelsea and, and Haley. Um, they're big waterfowlers down here in Louisiana and they, they also, I mean, basically the same thing you're doing. And I, I love that, you know, they get out there as women. And I guess the biggest thing is too, is I, I never really thought about it. Just honestly, until I had girls, um, my first daughter was a girl and my middle child's a girl. So, um, taking out, taking them out fishing, they love it. Waterfowl hunting. I've, I've gone with the, Joe, we've gone some hunting with the kids and stuff and they've loved it. So I think for me personally, I think that's something that I really enjoy because uh, let's say, uh, duck con competitions or something like that, you know, uh, predominantly male. Um, now there is females out there and I've seen it and I show my daughter videos of that. And it kind of like, you see this, this twinkle in her eyes, like, Oh wow, I can do it too. You know? So, um, and I I think that's really good that you're trying to get out there and reach for them. And, um, I commend you on that. Um, now I guess the big, the other, the other question that I do have what got you into, or how did you get into waterfowl and What who would you kind of link up with it as far as waterfowl?
2: Yeah. So um, it's just, it's been something I've always wanted to do. Grew up on the Great Lakes. It's a, it's a huge part of our community. Like we have a huge waterfowl festival here. Um, we, you know, the, one of the big Ducks Unlimited chapters is out here. So it's always been something that's, you know, been around, but I've never had anybody to go with, So I actually didn't start waterfowl until last year. Last year was my first waterfowl season. Oh, wow. Um, I just, I told one of my buddies, like, I I don't care what it takes. I want to get out here. And I've been begging for years to be able to go. And a lot of people are like, you know, there, there's got to be opportunities. And it's it can be very challenging and difficult for a woman to get invited out in the field. You almost have to earn your spot. And, um, yeah, it. I mean, we just. They brought me out, and I just hit the ground running, and it never stopped. And you know, started challenging myself more. Um, scheduled the trip for Oklahoma, and we went and did Sandhill Cranes um, down in Gate, Oklahoma, and that was fantastic. Um, we actually have one scheduled for February next February for Snow Geese in Arkansas. Like, I don't know. Nice. I just I have become obsessed. Is the best way to put it. <laughs> And it was like that, that early goose season back in September. Like, so my, the very first day I went goose hunting, I shot a, um, a Canada goose with a black band and Mm -hmm. my buddy that was with me, it was just the two of us out hunting that day and over a a tilled cornfield. And he's like, man, he's like, that's, if you're not addicted, that's going to get you there. Um, but I mean, just the two of us and we laid almost a limit down of our birds. And uh in just a late afternoon hunt, we sat all morning that morning it didn't have any birds come in but it wasn't even about the birds, it was about being out there in the field and I was just addicted the moment I stepped into that field.
0: Yeah, it's crazy and I, I kind of have the same story. I I, I didn't grow up waterfowl. Uh, Joe's actually the person that got me into it and I got addicted and uh spent a lot more money than I should have <laughs> that first season. So um so as far as your experience, you said it was your first season last year. How, how did it go? Like, how was the experience for you? What did you see different from waterfowl hunting and let's say big game or small game or even pheasant hunting? What did you see different?
2: Oh, man, it's uh, a completely different demon in itself. Uh, I don't even think you can compare, you know, big game or small game or anything with it. Um, it's brutal. It's challenging. Yeah. Uh, I know in December for the first part of our split, like, I'll rewind. So September, it was like really, really hot. So it was super challenging to know like what to wear, be comfortable out there. The bugs were really bad. Like at one point in time, we had bees that were so bad in the corn. Um, But then like in the, in the split in December, and I'm sorry, in um, January for the split, it was like bitter cold. I mean, we were a single temp, snow, rain. Um, I mean, i was fully invested we sat out on i believe it was thanksgiving we sat out all day until it was time to go in for dinner um you know the split it was bitter cold high winds it's just a completely different beast it's it's really mentally challenging as well as physically challenging um it's i i wouldn't compare it to anything else like i hunt pheasants and things like that like other type of bird upland birds that's not even the same you can't compare them yeah
0: yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing. I don't know if you can agree, but um, the fact that when you're waterfowl hunting, you're working as a team. At least that's what that's like. The biggest thing that we've always uh, kind of discussed. I don't know how. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you're waterfowl hunting with uh, experienced waterfowlers. Uh, sorry, that was my ESPN. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of the same thing. Everybody had kind of their role. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that? Kind of was kind of just kind of working as a team to get that, that common goal.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything from, you know, getting the boat to where you need it to be or where, you know, setting the field up together, um, you know, laying your, your, your groupings out. I mean, everything you're working together as a team. And then once you're out there and you know, if you're out in the boat after you've like thrown your decoys, I mean, it's, it's all a team effort, pulling them in everything. Um, Yeah. On the shots, like, you know, picking who's going to call the shots. That's something kind of unlike any other type of hunting. Like, I mean, not to compare it to pheasant hunting, but when you're out in the field, you know, you see a bird, you, you pop, but when you're a waterfowl, you wait for your call guy to call, you know, like tell you when to call the shots and And
0: take them um,
2: and yeah. And to take them. And, uh, it's definitely a team effort. It's, it's, it's really hard to compare it to anything else just because of how, how different it is, but it's, it's its own beast, and yeah, it's definitely a team effort from start to finish. I mean, from getting the boat out there, to yeah. pulling it, it's a so, group of communication.
0: So, I know you just started. So, have you been? And this is something even I have trouble with. Uh, and there's a lot of waterfowlers that they can go out there, they can shoot a bird, they can pull a jerk string, they can put decoys out. But calling has always been something that's um, kind of something that really takes practice uh mm-hmm. to get into and get really get decent at you know um obviously there's other things you can use easier like a whistle or a, a double read kind of more forgiving or something like that but have when you i guess we we all know you kind of linked up with stump from rmc calls mm-hmm. um have you kind of practiced or are you watching videos or, or is there something that you think you're getting any good or i mean because i'll be honest i'm i I'll blow and I'll blow a call and Joe would just tell me to pick up the whistle. So it's uh it's yeah. one of those things.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I got two kids and they will tell you, I drive them absolutely crazy because I'll be driving in the car and I practice, I sit on the couch and I practice, I'll sit on the porch and just practice. Like it's uh it's definitely, I'm the type of person that if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do all of it. And Calling has been very challenging to learn, um especially for me, like I told you,'m I'm, I'm super big into Turkey. So I use a lot of diaphragm calls. When I first started learning how to call, I noticed the biggest mistake I was making was trying to channel my calls like I do with a diaphragm call, opposed to like blowing into a call. That was my biggest thing to overcome. But um yeah, I, I re- linked up with Rnm custom calls. And he actually sent us a bunch of calls to raise funding for our Women of the Wild. And um, one of the calls, like honestly, his calls, I have I have a whole slew of calls on my lanyard, but his calls were probably one of the easiest that I've used. And it's just a single read relic call. Um, it's the 410 model, and it's to me, I feel like it's the best one I've gotten sound out of. Um I'm not by no means a professional, a master or anything like that. But I, I call all the time. Like it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can be driving in the car, sitting here, you know, working away or whatever. And I, I work from home. So I'll be sitting here working. If I'm not on a phone call, I'll still practice. And if I, if my hands are free, I'm, I'm practicing that call.
1: Yeah. That's kind of. uh,
2: What's that? I was
1: at four tens usually stays in my lanyard Um, you know, Chris always makes fun of me. Says I'm a uh, a call collector, (laughs) but um, I I said every call every call I own uh has seen a lanyard has uh has had birds killed over them. Um, but you know, you're from you know being up there from Michigan. Um,
2: was your first hunt in Michigan? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For goose was my very first
1: waterfowl. Oh, so a uh, field goose hunt?
2: hmm
1: Yeah. So um what other states have you hunted uh besides Michigan?
2: For waterfowl, it's been Michigan and Oklahoma. We're expanding that next year. I'm super excited. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean if you've ever found your way down here to Louisiana, let me know.
2: We'll get oh, you guys I, on. Yeah. That those timber hunts are I mean, that's everybody's bucket list, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but so out of all the birds, um, what's your favorite duck to hunt? Um,
2: I, I had a, we were out diver in the split and I will tell you, I have one that haunts me to this day. Um, I, I got a gorgeous redhead, uh, just a stud of a redhead. Um, and that one haunts me because I I dropped it. And when we went up to, you know, finish that tap on him, one of our buddies in the boat uh, tried to finish him off and he dove. And we were yeah, not like,
1: yep.
2: he searched for that bird. No joke. The whole time we were out there, like we were out there for probably eight hours. And we, every time we'd go out to grab more birds, we'd search for it and search for it. And even when we were done and pulling the decoys, you know, soaking wet, it's like, I don't know, 17 degrees raining on it like a rain snow mix on us and I was like let's do one more pass I gotta find that bird and we never found it so I think I have like this vendetta against like divers um yeah (laughs) so to me like that's that's where it's at for me is that water um we actually have a through Michigan guide service here in Michigan um my buddy jeremy he's a guide here and he's actually taking us out for a women's hunt uh for layout boats and that'll be my first this october will be my first time in a layout boat so i'm really looking forward to that but yeah those divers are it's just more fun to me um they're a lot more challenging they're a lot quicker um i don't know there's just something about them that gets me yeah
0: Yeah. so get get used to that because well, I don't want to say get used to it. I know for a while I was, but then you start – and Joe can kind of elaborate on this because he's been doing it longer, but you kind of find your tweaks. You'll kind of find what type of shells work the best, uh, chokes, aftermarket chokes and stuff. But I guess while we're talking about that, what 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 is your setup when you're going out waterfowl hunting? What, I mean shotgun, you have aftermarket choke. Are you, I mean what kind of shot shells are you using? Uh, well, you
2: all know of the, uh, the incredible shortage here uh, everywhere. Um, for yeah. shells, it's whatever I can find. Honestly, whatever steel shot I can find is what I'm using. Um, it's been very, very, very challenging. I mean, we've drove through states trying to find shells. So that's kind of whatever I can find. I don't really have a preference yet. Um, that fast steel is what I was using for the most part. Because that's what I was finding when I went to, like, shields or anything like that. Um, but I shoot the SX-4 12-4. It's the uh, 28 barrel. and three and a half. Um, I was shooting a Stoger, the M3500 before that. And um, hey,
0: Yeah,
2: that's why I shoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you just with that one? No, so I, I'm a,
1: I like uh, gas opera. I shoot a an SX4. and I, I, I shoot I, the Stoger. I, I was going to say, I knew a Jmook that shoots a Stoger. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fan of inertia operated guns. Um yeah. I'm a big fan of um gas operated guns where you don't have to worry about well, you know, you don't have to be finicky with the guns. You know, when you go bang, you know, they cycle.
2: Yeah. So actually that's why I went with the SX4 is because
1: shoot shoots a, a stoger What's <laughs> the out? Yeah. Would you, but, um, would you say?
0: You cut out, would you say? Me or Marie?
1: No, you Joe. Oh, so I know Jamuk that shoots a Stoger. <laughs>
0: yeah, all right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I was uh I was shooting the Stoger when I was in Oklahoma for the sandhill and actually my gun locked up on me a few times and it's because it's at inertia, I weigh 110 pounds, so I don't have enough shoulder behind it for it to recycle. So that was one of my big things is when it was time for a new gun, I wanted gas. Like I was very adamant that it had to be gas. So I went with the SX-4. Um, I looked at like the Franchi and the Benelli and everything like that. I, I I just, that SX-4 is to me what shot the best, what I was most comfortable with.
1: And it, 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 it's so comfortable. I, mean, I mean, it shoots, it has the best recoil on the market. You I mean, you can't go wrong with that. It has, it's the lightest shooting, the fastest operating. Uh, the most reliable. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, for me personally, I can't say enough about the the pros of the SX4s. Yeah,
2: I actually shoot the SXP for turkey.
1: Um, if I'm not, I mean, yeah, we just become best friends. I mean, that's exactly what I use for turkey. I have an, <laughs> I have an SXP in a true timber.
2: Yeah, if I'm not. If I'm not using um, a shotgun for turkey, I, I use my bow. Um, actually, this year, my bow to taking turkey with my recurve. Um, but that SXP has done me well. The SX4, I actually, I think it pulls ahead by far from the SXP. Um, it's a great gun. The biggest thing that I noticed with it, though, is shooting the three to the three and a half.
1: Yeah, <laughs> those, it to it.
2: Those three and a halves, especially, like, it's got a lot more kick. It's a lot louder. But... It ejects those shells so far and so hard. I actually busted my buddy's nose over ejecting a shell on the boat. It was, <laughs> yeah,
1: frozen. Some of those turkey loads, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't, my my shotgun goes bang and I'm killing birds, I'm fine until it, it doesn't go bang no more. But I mean, one uh, no, not, thing, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> let's uh um but i guess uh i guess the one thing that i i will say that i haven't put my shotgun i guess uh through is freezing temperatures so obviously you're up in michigan it's a little different um even if you go to certain parts of oklahoma i mean it gets really cold i'm, I'm in the north part of texas closer to like the dallas Fort worth area so i'm not far from oklahoma but i'm in the southern like the southern part of oklahoma so um I I got the shotgun last year. We kind of did a gear review on it, Uh, Joe, me, and a buddy of ours, uh, Joe Myers. And uh, we all did a gear review on all the shotguns we had. And, I mean, it's lasted me a whole season. I put it through Louisiana, here in Texas, and um, let's see how it goes in this next season. So, Um, yeah, I mean, we have a couple buddies. Gilbert shoots the same one, doesn't he? SX4. Gilbert Gilbert
1: shoots an XS4. I mean, so, uh, like I said, I hunt probably – when I hunt waterfowl, I think this last season I hunted the least amount I've ever hunted last past seven, eight years, and I think I was I hunted roughly around thirty days this season I have a 6 day season. Uh, that's not including teal season, and I've hunted you know in three different states last year, and we we had this conversation, inertia versus uh, gas-driven. I hunted two guys, man, uh, who hunted a a inertia-driven Stoger and an inertia-driven, what was it, Weatherby. And both of them ended up having problems during those hunts. I mean, um, with guys, guys kind of get kind of, um, uh, what do we say, macho over their shotguns. I I I'll be the first to tell you I bring two guns every shot every duck hunt, um, cause the quickest way to fix a gun is have have a backup. Yes. And, yeah. um, I Give my gun out to a couple guys and they're like, no, it'll work fine. It just needs to get going. Well, bud, you know when we're killing limits and we're waiting on you to get 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 to getting, um, but I mean, like you said. There's guys that, you know, I mean, the nursery-driven guns, you have to have a a good seated gun. I will say, hunting with you uh, there, Chris, and I don't say, you know, I don't give you compliments a lot, but I have (laughs) seen. Yeah, this
0: is... Hey, I'm going to record this, pause this, and I'm going to clip this on TikTok.
1: Yeah, I mean, there ain't much you do right, but I will say you can shoulder a shotgun. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean... So, a big question I have for you, uh, Felicia, is we're in a day in the age, and I I, you know, I say this, where, you know, yes, 90s, early 2000s, we were in a day of an age where hunting was at a at a certain demographic. And, um, you know, guys, you know, you know if you guys listen to our last podcast, a podcast that will come out right before this one, uh, we have Ricky... From uh twenty four seven hunt, you know demographics and everything's changing in the world of waterfowl, especially world of waterfowl. And uh, there, I mean, there's even brands that are catering towards uh, keeping women comfortable in the um, in the outdoors. I mean, I mean, it's no, you know, we don't have to be rocket scientists. You know, women are built different than us when it comes to guns, waders, clothing. Um, is there any certain brand that you see? that, you know, that you use because some of these ladies, guys, wives, girlfriends, daughters that are, you know, want to get into waterfowl hunting, is there anything particular brand-wise that you use that that you think that in the last year or so uh, helps uh, women in the outdoors, you know, if it's waders, um, clothing, or whatnot?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of brands out there, but unfortunately none of them to me have pulled ahead for women's. Um, I get a lot of for this, but I wear Sitka out duck hunting, um, out in the, out in the field. Um, that's kind of my go-to because it's, I mean, yeah, it's expensive, but it's worth the money and it keeps me warm. Um, I also though, I will tell you, I will wear Walmart brand camo. I wear, you know, I wear Cabela's neoprene waders. I, that duck hunt that I told you guys, it was like 17 degrees and, you know, pouring down rain, snow, sleet on us. I had a pair of 600 uh neoprene waders on and I sat for nine yeah. hours yeah. on that boat. Um, I mean, these guys next to me, they were wearing like 1600s and I was sitting there in a pair of 600s holding my own. Um, I will tell you electric hand warmers have became my best friend,
1: <laughs> but
2: yeah. I mean, I, honestly for waterfowl I've had a really hard time finding women's gear that's catered to us now big game turkey hunting like yeah I have my preferred brands but it's really really hard and it's difficult because there's no there's no company out there that is catering to everything they all kind of have their own things and there's some out there that are pulling ahead from others but the female Sitka stuff I mean it it's worth it and it it fits good, it fits how it's supposed to fit and that's to me it's been it's worth the money. So cheap ain't good and good ain't cheap, right?
1: Mhm.
2: Yeah. So I mean that's kind of been my thing on it is if if I'm going to do this, I want to do it and be comfortable and I'd rather pay for quality than have to spend a whole bunch of money and keep layering up on stuff that I'm not going to be comfortable in. Yeah,
0: so I'm actually so I actually, my first waders I ever bought were actually Cabela's, and they were breathables. And till this day, they—I mean—they're still working. Um, I haven't had any holes in them. The only thing is, uh, I do spray them every every year with the—I um, uh, can't Nick even think class. right now. Yeah. So basically, because it's—it's um, Gore-Tex. So I, I kind of just respray them every year. Um, my 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 kids have—I don't y'all probably don't know what Academy is, but you come to Texas, you'll, you'll know what Academy is. Uh, My, my son, has, he got an Academy one down um, there. My daughter has a, she also has a Cabela. So um, I think, and I, I think till these actually go out, I think my next one will probably be I'm leaning towards Sheen or, or uh, Sitka, but we'll see. Um, And we'll kind of go from there, but I do agree with you, you know, if you and uh, we we know joe knows especially a lot of people use Sitka i know uh, around yeah. outdoors they a lot of them use it and i mean you can't beat the lifetime warranty you know turn it in mm-hmm. it's a uh, make a hole you turn it in and they they ship it right back to you so
2: yeah this um, whole, i don't mess around um i mean i i have my own gears that i prefer for you know turkey big game all that but i mean and and don't get me wrong some of these companies are fantastic like I wear Pro's every time I go out in the pheasant field because their gear is is catered to that type of hunting. Um, but some of these these we, women companies they don't have they don't really have waterfowl patterns, or they don't have. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't have to be a waterfowl pattern. But in certain situations, I want a certain pattern to be as camouflage as possible. So I know that these girls can go out there and they can do it. Not in like. You know, a wetlands camo or anything like that. But per- personally, I prefer to be as camouflaged as possible. Um, I will tell you, I wear nature's paint every time I'm out, uh, regardless of what I'm hunting. Um, if I need to be camouflaged, it's a women's own company and it's an all natural face paint. Comes off just as easy as you put it on. Um, and that stuff, I wear that every time I'm out. But as far as clothing, gear, when it comes to waterfowl, I stick with Sitka just because it's cold here, and I want to be comfortable.
0: Yeah, nature's paint. I got to check that out because I know, um, you know, I, I don't really—at least I don't—I don't—I don't really think Joe does it um, when we're waterfowl hunting and much face paint. Um, I know for me, it's just because uh, you know you get it, kind of gets one of those things like uh, I don't want to put face paint on no more. Being in the military, it's like every time you in the field, you just covered in this this like I don't know kind of like chalk type paint and it's just uh... yeah
2: yeah this, this stuff is not chalky at all it's like I've I have buddies that tell me it feels like they're wearing a face mask like a women's they're like you know a woman created this because your skin feels softer when you take it off um but if you want to <laughs> try it um nature's paint is is fantastic nature's paint.org And they can use my promo code. It's Felicia15. Um, Their their face paint is by far the best I've ever used. Occasionally, I will still use the old cork and a a lighter. Um, But for the most part, I have nature's paint in my pack everywhere I go, whether it's big game, whether it's waterfowl, turkey hunting. Like, I always have that on me.
0: Yeah, so... Joe, what were you going to say? Did you use paint? Or-
2: oh, you know,
1: no, I don't face paint because to me, face paint, it's more like the way you hunt. I know a lot of timber guys will face paint. Um, how I'm hunting out here in, in the marsh, I'm usually tucked into reeds or uh, in a pit blind or in a layout blind or in an A-frame blind. So, you know, for me, I'm usually hunting in a, you know, in a blind. Um, you see a lot of the timber hunters that are for here, especially down here in the South, they're more of the, your, uh, you know, the face painted guys trying to trying out the pie face or not. Well,
2: y'all got, that kind of breaks up that face shape. Too. Yeah.
0: I don't have yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we we actually made a joke. Uh, I don't know who went out with us. Like, Oh, you're not going to put on face. Oh no. It was actually, I did a, a hunt here in Texas and, um, I was with a couple other veterans and, uh, you know, Trying to put on face paint, I was like, "I'm not gonna put on face paint." It's like, I don't have fluorescent skin. I'm just gonna put my hat down and my head down and wait, for, wait for yeah. them to call the call the shot. You know, so yeah. um
1: Well, hey, that's from <laughs> hunting with me. Hey, yeah. face down, shut up. <laughs> yeah, face down, shut up. Yeah, yeah. um But yeah, when it, when it comes to that, you know, I said to each zone The face paint, like I said, for me. I know as you see a lot of the Arkansas guys more the, on the face paint with the timber. Um so I know you're saying you're you're uh Felicia that you're new into the waterfowl. Um if you had to have one like this cup coming here, one uh we'll say um a bucket bucketless hunt for waterfowl, uh where, where and for what would you want to hunt for?
2: Uh, So actually the Sand Hill in Oklahoma was my bucket list last year. So the, for this next coming season, it snows in Arkansas is what we're chasing. That's my, that's my goal. Um, I I mean, I have my bucket list. It's like, it's going to keep going. (laughs) You don't even know, like I am the type of person, once I'm invested, I'm fully invested. I'm going to be chasing all over the place. Like I got, you know, Kings on my list. I got Harlequins on my list. Like I'm. I'm not messing around and I plan yeah. to start checking them off. I mean, I'm being realistic about my goals, but, um, we have, I have a lot of hunts through women of the wild. So that's part of what we do is we provide opportunities. So we actually schedule um, a lot of them are here in like the Northeast area. Um, I know we've looked into doing some kind of along the East coast, um, getting out some on some sea ducks and stuff like that next year. But to me that like, no plugs, no limits, snow geese is where it's at. I have to do that. That's, that's my bucket yeah. list here and my bucket list. It just, it's always there. It's just, I change it the next season. Next season, my, yeah. My bucket list is insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, uh, and what's crazy about waterfowl is your bucket list is always going to change now. I mean, doing it for, for a little bit with Joe and then kind of get into it myself and doing my own hunting now. Um, I don't really have a bucket list, but I have a favorite. And Joe kind of knows. Just getting in that timber and chasing wood ducks is kind of kind of always been my favorite. Um, I still I still like going out there. I think the one thing that I didn't uh, haven't really got really focused into is divers. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of ours have been puddle ducks uh, down in Louisiana. Uh, You've gone to a good diver
1: hunts, bud.
0: Well, we got well, yeah, we've gotten divers, but I'm talking about like strictly doing divers on myself. Um yeah. so uh, I have a, I have a war eagle belt boat and uh, I think that's what I'm going to focus on this year so um but yeah I will tell you getting into waterfowl is just going to change every year and I mean you you kind of know that so
2: Yeah you come up here we'll get on some divers
0: Yeah for sure um yeah and if you're ever down here in like North Texas or Louisiana let us know I mean we'll kind of get yeah. you joey we'll definitely get you on some birds and we'll get out yeah. there uh, yeah, I, a couple we'll, spots here
2: That timber yeah, we'll, is something yeah, I, I love to try
1: yeah, well but what a lot of people don't know is Louisiana last now I've been hunting here for almost five years now. Louisiana is a big diver state. You wanna kill I'll tell you, if you wanna kill a trophy canvas back coming out here to Louisiana, when they get here, they're fully plumed yeah. out. They are the picture perfect what people think uh, a canvas back should look like. Um you know, we get a lot of dogres, which you know is um it's a French term for um, graybacks, which are your bluebills. We get mm-hmm. a lot of blackjacks, ringnecks. Uh, but yeah, Louisiana, where people where people sleep on Louisiana for your diver hunts. Where I'd say nine, seventy percent of the birds I killed out here are, are, are diver birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that was my
0: first duck.
1: Yeah, Louisiana your
0: first diver
1: was a bluebill. Bluebill. Well, no, yeah. no. Uh, green-winged teal, actually, bud.
0: No, it was that bluebill. The green-winged teal, I didn't shoot till Because I didn't do the teal
1: season that, that first no, season we shot. The, the day, the first man we hunted two days in a row, you shot a green wing teal, your first bird. I have a picture of it.
0: I don't know. Sorry, Felicia, we're yeah. making this about us.
2: <laughs> I, I'm listening. He, he
1: don't know anything. That's why he keeps me around. Yeah, all
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: So it's usually usually what happens is I usually have like really witty comebacks. But today I just my, my mind has been drained with sports and stuff. My kids play uh, softball and stuff. And <laughs> and uh, but um, so I guess uh, before we kind of because we can keep on going before we kind of get out of out of um, we end the show. Joe, did you have anything for Felicia?
1: Um, No, not really. One, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I'll say I'll tell everyone we need more women in a, in the outdoors uh what what i've always said for a long time if mom hunts the kids are gonna hunt sure. and if you're and I, i'll tell you this um i mean chris knows my two boys are i mean they're sick for it um if you if you take your kids hunting you won't be hunting for your kids mm-hmm. uh it's good you know in, in this day and age it's a good way to you know, for me, hunting's a, a a family bond that you know that you can't break, and um, children and women. But people don't realize they're the future of, of, of the sport. Um, you know, and like I said, I have a niece, and um, you know, for I don't know if there were the viewers that haven't you know caught on yet. I have a new one coming. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. You know, people keep asking us, but at the end of the day, to me, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. The only difference is the different color of lanyard might be. It <laughs> might be a you know, a pink lanyard, I might you know, or it, it might be a pink four ten or a stump a stampouflaged four ten. But I mean, in the spirits household you're duck hunting. That's just what happens. Um but yeah, I mean I think it's a great thing that you're doing and, and we got we gotta keep we have to keep expanding this sport for it to survive. Yes,
2: absolutely. Yeah, I mean yeah. My- Like I said, I got two boys and they, I joke all the time that my boys are like these crazy feral kids, but they are a hundred percent outdoorsmen. Um, every chance they get, they're out there. I mean, my, my oldest sat out in the tree stand with me in 20 degree weather with three inches of snow pouring up on top of us and just waiting for his chance at a whitetail. Like he just. I mean, my youngest, he's eight years old. We call him my bird dog. Like he's, they're just (laughs) so invested in the outdoors. We don't buy meat at the grocery store. Um, So every, every meal that we eat, if there's protein involved in it, it's, it's something that mom has harvested. Um, Yeah. It's, that's just how we live our life. And it's, it's became a priority for my kids to learn how to do it. So they're helping provide a meal on the table too. It's, it's that that self-sustainability really
1: important
0: to have that in the state. Yes, yeah, so it definitely yeah, is. Yes, and uh, I guess before I guess before we go, I kind of want to um, see how can people if they they want to women, you know, men, whoever wants to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? What is the social media platform that you're? I guess um, I know you have a couple. Um, I know you deal with different organizations. How can they reach Felicia?
2: Yeah. So to reach me, they can reach me through Facebook. I have a private page, Felicia Marie, but I also have a public page. So um, I would always direct people to my public page, Felicia Marie. Um, But I also have Instagram, which is it's Felicia underscore Marie underscore wild underscore endeavors. It's mouthful, but um, (laughs) either of those platforms are great to get a hold of me. Um, They can also find us at women of the wild or www.womenofthewild.net and they can email us right through that page uh women of the wild outdoors at gmail.com if they want to get a hold of us we are our main focus is women but yeah I deal with so many organizations to get veterans out so if veterans want to reach out um you know you guys said that you guys are veterans and I want to thank you for your service because being able to help serve the men and women that have served our country it's an absolute honor to be able to do things for you guys. And, and we offer a lot of events, um, for that. Like it's, it's just incredible to be able to outsource and help so many people. Um, we're actually doing a Turkey hunt for veterans in Maryland here in, in May and knowing what that does for these veterans has been incredible. So if there's any veterans that want to get out, if there's anyone looking for youth programs, um, I kind of do it all because it's it's my lifestyle. This is my passion. So anyone that wants to get out and get me outdoors, I I would absolutely encourage you to get a hold of me because if I'm not the person, I can find the person to get you out there.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing. Uh, Only because uh, and I kind of said it earlier, you know, I have two daughters and showing pictures of women like you in the outdoors doing it, just doing what, you know, that you don't really see a lot of Women doing it kind of inspires them with the duck calling boat bow hunting whatever it may be so um and they love going out with dad and going fishing and one prefers fishing over waterfowl but i think it's just the age gap because one is six and the or seven the other one is uh 13 14 so um but i guess we'll go ahead and end it like this uh like always i want to thank Honor outdoors for what they do for our service members first responders and veterans Uh, I want to thank Felicia very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, Like I said, if you're ever in Texas, you're ever in Louisiana, reach out to us. You know, we'll definitely take you out going to hunt. Um, And uh, if you ever want to know anything about anything when it comes to waterfowl, you know, again, I'm not an expert, but, um, and Joe thinks he's an expert, but, (laughs) but, uh. (laughs) <laughs> um, the guy Joe knows what he's talking about, and we uh, Joe knows a lot of people in the in the water community, and I because of that, I've been uh, blessed to get to know these people and kind of uh, pick their brain a little bit. So it's kind of helped me a whole lot. So, um, we definitely got to get you on another show, and uh, like always, y'all have a good one, and live fail. <laughs>